The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Say like you believe it, the Lord is good. All right, quickly, we'll take our seats in a moment after taking our declaration of understanding. If you're ready for that, say amen. Amen. All right, quickly, let's do that one. Today, let's go now, I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I've been filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area. And he's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Isaac, I'll sit quickly. Okay, it's our school of prayer. We've been looking at prayer basics for some time. And... Um, just trying to put many things that Christians should know together on the matter of prayer. Uh, today will be the 24th of the series. Let's be reminded that prayer is supposed to be a continual thing. It's a habit. And that's what I want to use to this point to highlight. It's something we have discussed again and again in previous times. Uh, this is just going to come up like a kind of reminder for us not to forget. Prayer is supposed to be a habit. It's not something you do at set times of the day alone. It's something you do continually. You should pray even when you're not thinking about praying. Prayer, like we said, is a sign of your faith. Prayer is a sign of your faith. If you're not praying, it's a sign that you don't have faith in God. You don't expect God to help you. It's a sign of your um, trust in yourself and in other things. That's what lack of prayer is. If you're not deliberately praying about things, you have confidence elsewhere. I hope you're getting my point. You know, you know, I was saying something on Saturday or two Saturdays ago that one was saying that the Lord knows those who are His. And I have found that personally in my life that God keeps reminding me once in a while. And I try my best, God helping me not to forget that I have no other um, strength apart from the help of God. I hope you're getting my point. So let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. What that means is that don't think you know how to do things. I hope you're getting my point. If you think you do, life will show you you don't. And that's what we read from the book of um, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Life will show you that you don't if you think you know how to do things. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, he says, in verse 26, he said, I have discovered more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets whose hands are chains. One who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner, he said, will be captured. And when we studied Ecclesiastes that time, I explained that this was not talking about a homo sapiens XX chromosome. I hope you're getting my point. It wasn't just talking about an adult human female. It was talking about a principle. The woman here stands as a type of a principle in life. Okay? Basically, we talked about it then. Please go and listen to the series, the teaching series on the book of Ecclesiastes. We said what it was saying is that life has traps. If you see it in context, it said, I tested all this with wisdom, and I said, I will be wise. But experience showed me that it was far from me. I'm uh, amplifying that. What has been is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can discover it? I directed my mind to know to investigate, to seek wisdom. 
and an explanation, and to know the evil of folly and the foolishness of madness. What did I discover? I discovered more bitter than death, the woman whose heart is snares and nets. See, you, reading the context, you'll see that his issue here was not about a woman. He was just saying that the way a woman can trick you as a man now, all right, with her smooth words, with her beauty, with what the Bible calls charm or favor, all right? He said that's how life is. Life will entice you. Come over here, it is sweet. You go over there, you are in a trap. You can't get out. I hope you're getting my point. You will think you know how to do things. You will plan and plan and plan and plan. At the end of the day, with all your investment, at the, after investing, you know, they tell you, lay this aside. <laughs> I read those things. I don't believe one of them anymore. All right? So put this amount aside every time. And this one, if you do that for 40 years, you are going to be a millionaire. I hope you're getting my point. And I say you must have a lot of patience to wait for 40 years to become a millionaire. And I say, Is that not good? No, it's not good. Because by the time you use 40 years to amass that amount of wealth, you can never be able to spend it. That's just the way life is. You've created a habit of not spending it. You, don't worry. Solomon has said you'll not leave it for the person who you don't know whether he'll be willing to save anything or not willing to save anything. And we have found out that he doesn't even work. You can do all of that at the end of 40 years. You check your balance. Guess what? You're poor. You're poor. You are. I had a personal experience in that, in this country. Not me in person. My dad. All right? Once, he went to collect, you know, this life insurance or assurance they used to do. He did one before I was born. It was for 20 years. 20 years. He started when it was British pounds. Continued in Naira. At the end of 20 years, he collected the sum assured. That was one third of the cost of the car he just bought. Yeah, after 20 years of saving, of giving money to this insurance um, thing regularly, when they finally paid out, a Pojo 504 was costing more than three times, not three times, more than three times what they paid him after 20 years. It wasn't their fault or his fault. It's called inflation. The time he put that money in, that money would have probably bought him a Rolls Royce, maybe. By the time it was, it was coming out, it was one-third, less than one-third the cost of a Pojo 504. So you know that I will never do There's no story I want to tell. This black guy is not going to do it. Because I saw my father do it, and he came to what? Nothing. He would have enjoyed his life better if he had been rocking that money every month for 20 years. If all he did was gather his children and say, children, time to eat extra. Go and, go and roast meat. Let's eat it. Anyway, I was small that time. I was not up to 20. So he decided doing this thing before he married. So I learned some things. I said, when one guy tried to market me when I, was, when I started working, I was looking at him. All I was seeing was my father's experience. As he was speaking English, I was looking at him like this. He said I should give him 500 naira every month. He looks small now. All right? Then it was a little, just a little under 10% of my monthly income. My salary was about 6,500 there about. And then in 15 years, is it 15 years he said, or 10 years or so, if I don't die, if I die, he'll give my nest of kin, I think, 150,000 naira. And if I don't die, he's going to give me the 150,000 naira. They call it a life insurance or something like that. I looked at him, I said, number one, bros, I'm not planning to die. He said, as a bank, who was planning to die? I don't know, but I wasn't. Oh, the story I'm telling you is now is about um, 28, 29 years ago. 
All right? So at least I didn't die in the 15 years. You can see that. All right? But I told him, I said, at the end of 15 years, 150,000 naira will not be anything to me. I'll be dashing it to people. And really, at the end of 15 years, because that happened around 1990, that discussion was around 1996. Add 15 years to it. That was 2000 and what? Eh? Okay, 2011. All right? Yeah, 2011. I know how much my, my landlord was collecting. At 2011, I was already paying over. Where were the apostles house that time? I was already paying about 800,000 naira annually in rent. Do you get my point? I'm like, giving this my money for, for 15 years, and even people pay three months rent. See the joke? Solomon said, that's what wisdom that you think you're acquiring in life, that's what it does for you. It doesn't even work the way you think it will work. No matter how smart you think you are, life has traps. I hope you're getting my point. Life has what? Traps. Life has traps. Most of the so-called investments that give you the best amount of money in life, they are the ones that they were were designed to take all your money. So Solomon said, I discovered, like a woman can entice a man with what Solomon said um, in uh, Proverbs as her beauty and her charm. And then you just discover that you've married a woman that doesn't fear God, who makes your life miserable. But you're now bound to her by covenant. You are chained. He said, that's how life is. He said, the only thing that can help you escape is that you are pleasing to God. So if you are not praying, that's what I'm saying. No matter how wise you think you are, the traps of life are waiting for you. But the knowledge of this thing is what we are saying. We'll will drive you to what? To prayer. The knowledge of this will drive you to prayer. So if you are not praying regularly, it's a sign that you have confidence in something else apart from God. An extremely brilliant student went for exam with all her plans laid out in front of her. She gave me testimony herself. It's not that that jump has improved. They will tell you, come then. Of all the computers in her center, she possibly was the most brilliant student in that center, possibly in the whole state, and one of the top in the nation. Her computer crashed. And Jam gave her no score or failed her very well. And God said, see, life has what? Traps. Life has traps. There's no way you can plan this life. There's no wisdom you can have. So no matter what strength you have, it is important you go to God with humility to lay down the strength. I hope you're getting my point. It is extremely important. You know, I was telling you about my life that God has shown me this over time. Again and again, he has let me know. You can't trust in any other thing but the favor of God. So ask for it. You can't. You can't say, I have this kind of degree. I know these kinds of people. I've saved up this amount of money. You can't. You know, God ordained, you know, there are anointed thieves in this world. They were anointed, sent by God to go and remove the money that many of his children have confidence in. Yeah, that's their job. Police will not catch them until they are done. Pray for nothing tomorrow. They are not, they, nobody's going to catch them. Why? Because you know this guy's job. Say, so this boy, I've been telling you for a long time that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. He doesn't want to hear. God says, okay. Thief. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, my Lord. Have you considered my servant Job? 
<laughs> they said, well, I've noticed him, but he have surrounded him with security around the bus. I said, don't worry, he won't lock the car. That car that he saved, borrowed, refused to part with money. Three, four years, he was on one motor car. So I said, go and collect it. The thief will go there. He will open the door. He will see the key there. He will start the car and drive it off. It will be the day that this guy didn't activate the security. And the people that did the tracking for him said, come and finish paying. paying. It's okay, I'll come tomorrow. So they have not activated the track. The car will go away. So God will tell the thief, don't sell this one. Butcher it. Then they call butcher. Break it down to be. I want you to sell, sell the glass in Naba, the engine in Onecha, the bumper in Abakliki. That is, even if the, the, even police go there, say, wait, 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 boy, it's not a motor we are looking for. Is he a human being? <laughs> because we are sending sensing signals from one motor in like seventeen places. Sometimes God, it is the day of the judgment of the thief. God will make him fall off the bridge into the water. That you they never find the thief or find the car. You will know when an angel took your car. You see that God says, she I told you, man's life does not consist in the abundance of the cars that he drives. So he said he wanted to take it to go to the village this December so that they will know. Say, better go now and they will know that God is dealing with you. I'm telling you. I said, I will not go. God said, if you don't go, <laughs> I want to humbleify you, not to humble somebody. I want to humbleify you very well. You have to be humble. If you go and borrow somebody else's car to go, that one will jam for road. I will make sure that it's a wicked person. He will make you pay every dime. So the next two years, you are paying back until you learn one simple lesson. That what? A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. That's what the, Bible, that's what the Lord is saying. That's what I mean when I say that God even has anointed thieves. To teach us lessons. What's the point I'm making here? What is a sign? What is one, an important sign of faith in God that you are always praying? Talked about the issue of giving thanks before you eat before. It's a crucial sign of faith. You know what you are saying? Anytime you want to eat and you give thanks, you are saying that this food did not come because I have strength to walk. You are saying that this food did not come because I have the wisdom to gather. You are saying that this food did not come, all right, because I have the energy. This food is a gift of God. I know I work every day from morning till evening. I know I earn a decent salary. I know the market is always open. But these are the ways God manifested his goodness towards you. So anytime you want to take a bite, you say, Lord, I thank you. I do, I do, even with water, I look at water, Lord, thank you. Before I drink the water. Because there is no, every cup of water is delivered specially as far as I'm concerned. God sent it. Yes, maybe a tanker brought the water. Or you opened the tap, it came. Or it fell from the sky as a rain. But once it's in my hand, so this is my gift from God. I remember it. This is my gift from God. That's why it's in my hand as I'm drinking. And I'm careful to say to him, thank you. Because you know it's one of the forms of prayer that we have. Thanksgiving. It's not just a habit. It's a conscious thing. Lord, I thank you. Everything you do in this life, eh? You look normal. You go to the toilet, you empty your barrel, ah, and you feel good. Remember to say, Lord, I thank you. I hope you're getting my point. Please say, Lord, I thank you. I know what I'm telling you. 
Let me not digress into talking about that. You, are, you enter into the bathroom, you have a bath, and you come and you tell yourself you're feeling clean. Say, Lord, I thank you for soap. Yeah. You think soap is free? It's not free. God gave you one. That's why you have it. If he says you will not have, you won't have. Don't think you are rich, therefore you can have everything you have. Look, God said, if you are thinking like that, then you are poor and you don't realize it. The way God they do, people would think say they get it. Anybody wants to make somebody like that very <laughs> realize it is God. You have bought the best soaps in the world. First day you bathe, you would break out in a rash. You go and see a doctor, you know his treatment. He will tell you you are allergic to soap. Because you you say you're a millionaire, yeah? Buy soap now. You buy all kinds, anyone, so far, you say, what do you do? Say, what do I do now? The doctor will just say, just be putting sponge in water and cleaning your body. Say, but I won't feel clean. And then you won't get a rash. <laughs> After that, you will lose faith in your ability to buy soap. So next time you see soap in your hand, you use it and you're, you're okay. How bad? You say, Lord, I thank you. You drive your car, it starts in the morning. Please thank God for it. Please. Every, because don't think you're, these things are not, they don't just come naturally. No matter how common you think it is, as a child of God, yours is specially ordained. I hope you're getting my point. So I'm trying to emphasize to us again that constant praying is a sign of faith. It's a sign of faith. That you're always, of course, we, we went over it again last time, but just, just mentioned briefly. You're always giving thanks. It's a sign of faith. You're always Committing yourself to the hands of the Lord, praising Him, three things which we call what? Worship. It's a sign of faith. And before you do even things you thought you had the energy for, you see committing to the hands of the Lord. Because your energy can fail you. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, it can fail. No matter the strategies you have for making things work in life, it can fail. If God doesn't bless it, it doesn't work. So a sign that you are always depending upon God is that you ask. His favor. I hope you're getting my point. If I don't do anything, unless you feel like this is pleasing God, and God will bless it at the end of the day. Do you get my point? Let me, you want to invest money, you want to go to school, to pass, and you want to pass an exam. Your prayer should be at the beginning. So every other thing you are doing is a sign that you know that God is blessing you. Do you follow my point? Let me give you an example. Sometimes people, people have had this kind of critique, well, let's say a criticism of believers and faith. As if... Um, Okay, once a man heard me preach on um, that God wants us to prosper. Do you follow? And now what I want to say was sound funny. I don't think I'm trying to insult somebody, but I want to make a statement about him. He was a very foolish man. All right? Because why would you say that? I wanted to do it, but he was a very foolish person. All right? Okay, part of the reason is being that the way by which he came. Hmm? Now, woman in follow come. That's part of his foolishness. All right? That's one. Say, so, Pastor, what's wrong with him following a woman? It's good, right? If he was single and she was single, he said that he's married and she's single. Thank you. I didn't know. Then he sat down and heard me. Didn't bother listening to me preach anyway. He just heard me say that God wants him to prosper. Now he's old enough to complain about his first son who's not agreeing to work because he's waiting for God to do something for him. So he's not a child. He has a son who's a university graduate. They requested to see me. I didn't know all of this. I just well, saw him, respe- respectable-looking person. I said, right, let me talk to him. He was not trying to tell me about the disconnect in my message. You're not born again. You don't preach. And you're trying to analyze my message for me. 
I mean, this is, this is the thing that makes people in MFM tell you to die, fall down and die. Are you getting my point? Yes. <laughs> but let's just leave him for a moment. When he finished, is the answer I gave him that issue. I looked at him and I said, are you new here? I said, I said, you look new. I've not seen you before. Say he hasn't been here before. I said, apparently you have not been listening to me. And you don't know me. I told him what I do. Then my wife came at that point in time into the office. You know, I think she came to pick something and then she left. I said, oh, that woman that came in here is my wife. And I quickly gave him a profile of how busy a person my wife is. I said, do you know why we do that? Because God wants us to prosper. Are you getting where I'm going? I said, it is because we know that God wants us to prosper. It didn't turn us to lazy people. It turned us to hardworking, faithful, diligent people. Why? Because God wants us to prosper. As for your son, he's not well taught. And I'm adding words to it. If he sits at home and he's not doing anything, obviously he has never listened to me. Because I said, you've heard me many times, a man of faith is what? Faithful. So if you are lazy, you're not walking by faith. If you believe that God wants you to prosper, it doesn't mean you want to walk in Shell, ExxonMobil, or be the CEO of MTN. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean you want you to start a, tele- a software engineering company that's going to be getting jobs in hundreds of millions. In the next one, that's not what it means. It just means get up. If you are young, wash your father's car. Wash your mother's car. Mop the house. Keep your room neat. Then get out in the morning. If you are supposed to read, read. Go and walk. Go and do, be responsible. That is the meaning of faith. Faith does not mean I'm sitting down, not doing anything, I'm waiting for God. No. Faith means, even though what I'm doing looks small, it can produce something big if God breathes upon it. And faith means what my life is, is occupy with this until I come. Be occupied with this until I come. Faith means I understand that it's not what this one I'm doing now that God used to break through heavily upon me. This is what he said to me, be occupied with. I hope you're getting my point. Where I'm going is I see, because we have faith, we start taking action. So if I pray, all right, doesn't mean I sit down. Because I have prayed, and I know God is answering me, he set my feet on a particular path, and I start walking on that path. So I'm starting, I get into school, and I pray to God for success. You know what it means? I start going to class. I start reading my book. God does not want me to pass and have an empty brain. Do you hear what I said? God is not the God of certificate. God is a God of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. So it's not to, for you to show off your certificate as God's issue. God's issue is that even if you don't have that certificate, have the knowledge. Do you get what I'm saying? That is, we pray at the beginning. We're not depending on our strength. We pray at the very start. And the prayer is not just a uh, God do. Let it be that I have prayed. Because in case my father calls and says, have I prayed? Are you able to say I have prayed? No. It is because sincerely, I depend on him for help. You know, so a compilation of testimonies. Of course, the story, many of us, we know those stories. Of Ben Carson. Somebody compiled 11 different times that God showed out powerfully in his life. Of course, initially, he was a very bad student. Horrible. Bad student. And one day he and his brother came home with their report cards. 
and they are done very badly. Mothers ought always to pray. What did I say? No, you don't sound like you believe it, though. Say, let me know you believe it. Yes. It's not men only. Mothers. Then Cassie's mother looked at her two young boys, teenagers, doing so horribly in school. I told them, I'm going to pray. Tomorrow morning, I will let you know what God says. And she went and prayed. But when Cassie said he hardly slept because he knew that mommy is talking to God. Those two people, when they talk to each other, my life was... <laughs> and of course, next morning, the mother came and said, she has spoken to God, and God has given her what they are going to do. One, you can only watch two programs a week in this house. Henceforth. The two boys are like, is that supposed to be a joke? In a whole week, only two programs on TV, the woman said, yes, that's what God said. Ah, okay, so what next? He said, you write, you read two books, any book, any, any, on any topic, any, go to the library, pick two books, read them, give me a summary every week. Yeah? This God must be the God of the Old Testament. Not the God of grace at all. Anyway, why am I telling this story? Ben Carson's story. Of course, what she did changed the lives of those boys. But we know the story of Ben Carson's details. From the bottom of the class, of course, his major issue was with self-confidence. All right, and on seriousness. So because she had been reading and reading, one day the teacher brought a rock to class. Nobody could say anything about the rock. He had read about it. He said something, and he realized that studying is actually rewarding. So he began to study. From the back of the class, he jumped to the front. He now began to brag, feeling cool. He was topping his class regularly until he got admission to pre-med school. When he got there, he saw boys that were far better than him. To take an exam in chemistry, he realized he was about to fail, and they are sending him back home, out of the med school. That's where the story is. And he went and prayed. You know that story? He prayed, God help me. Oh, let's not forget the first one that he had to kill his anger with prayer. Very hot-tempered. Didn't have control when he was angry. By the time God finished with him, took him a few hours inside the closet, crying and studying his Bible and begging. He came out of the place. And years later, he got a nickname, Gentle Ben. He was so gentle. God worked on him. That day of that exam, God sent an angel that showed up in his dream and wrote all the questions on the board and solved the questions for him. That compilation is beautiful. Somebody just went to different of his books and put them together. And you see the man who, he would tell look, his life is based, that is, on the favor of God. God showed him favor again. And again. But the point I mean is that he kept on praying. If you are not praying regularly, it's a sign you have confidence in something else apart from God. If somebody says, call me, you keep on calling. You have confidence in the human being. When God says, call upon me, you don't call upon him. Imam is it call me, you are calling. God says, call upon me. You're not calling upon him. I'm reminding us again today that constant prayer is a sign you are trusting God. And if you pray sincerely, he will give you answers, some of which will baffle you. I'm going to start telling, telling personal stories now. Oh, God has been good to me in this life. 
one of the things that God used to do for me that he does once in a while is, you know, he would, he would not, not what I'm expecting, but he would do something that would, it would be so clear he's the one doing it. You know, the story I, I've told many times about when I was in school, how he helped me with some important exams. But the one that for me most dramatic was how I went to him and said, God, please, I, my finals in surgery. I said, Lord, please, I don't want this question for my clinicals. I don't want a patient like this, and I don't want this examiner. I prayed it in two parts. First part, Lord, I don't want a patient like this. And I explained the reason that the cause, the, it was hernia. I said, the reason why I don't want hernia cases is that it's considered so simple that if you make any mistake, you might fail for it. So we used to like difficult things. Give somebody with a brain tumor, hey, fine. So that if you do get it wrong, they say, okay, it's a difficult case. A medical student, we don't know anything. That kind of thing. You know, students, we just tell ourselves lies and we believe those lies. And the Lord said, well, of course, it's afterwards I know the Lord said. But then I just thought, is it that you don't want that case or you want to pass? And I said, Lord, I want to pass. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Henia or no Henia? I just want to pass. I just want to pass. That's all. Hey, one more thing. The particular examiner says it's very tough. Reputation, very wicked. If you meet him, you are dead. Unless it's a special day. I said, Lord, please let him not be my examiner tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I left that, I said, hey, wait. Is that you don't want the examiner or you want to pass? I said, Lord, it's not really the examiner that's a problem. I just want to pass. And he asked for that one now. I asked. Now, this is the part I'm, saying, I'm talking about how God does something that just make you marvel. Next day, not only did I get a hernia, I got that very examiner. God just showed that he was waiting. He was listening. As soon as I walked in there, I looked at the patient. Yeah, good morning, sir. I sat down. What's the problem? He started. Yeah, I looked up like Baba. Okay, oh, you are here. I did the best I could. Examiner was about to show up. The softest, gentlest exam, the examiner in the whole exam was approaching. I like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just as he was about to get to my bed, one evil spirit posing as a resident doctor, walked in and said, it's time for tea break, sir. And the man said, oh, tea break. So he went away to go and drink. (laughs) Let me not speak. I was like, what kind of thing is this? Anyway, but I was waiting patiently. I said, okay. So the whole tea break, I was standing idle doing nothing, perfecting my... You know, my write-up and everything, making sure I did everything right, searching everywhere properly. Then tea break ended. I expected the man to come back, come out. You know who I found? That one I prayed about yesterday, that God, may I not get him. He just walked up. When I saw him, I said, Lord, you actually answered. You, saw, you were there. For me, that was confirmation that he was in that place when I was praying. A very combina- It was, see, it, was, it could have been chance. How many patients like that did we have? That was the, so. Not only did I get one of those patients, I got that examiner gongo, and I knew God. Thank you very much. You have a plan for my life. At the end of the exam, the last words he he spoke before I walked away was, "That's my boy. That's my boy. Very good. That's my boy." Because you see, if I'm with you, no giants can take you down. Do you get my point? Listen, people. Let's learn to pray. What did I say? Yes, yes, yes. You know, there's something that God said. 
let me read that scripture from the book of Psalms. Let me quickly get the Psalm, um, yeah, Psalm 50. Psalm number 50. He said, hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, that from verse 7, sorry. Psalm number 50, verse 7. O Israel, I will testify against you. Now, why am I angry? See, I am God, your God. I do not reprove you for your sacrifices. He said, and your burnt offerings are continually before me. So you are giving me the burnt offerings, sacrifices are coming. He said, I shall take no young bull out of your house, nor milk goats out of your folds. Why? I have plenty in the forest. In verse 10, it says, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. If you go to verse 12, he said, listen, if it was food, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine, and all it contains. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? No. What am I looking for? Look at verse 14. Read out loud. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High. Verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. You know what God was saying? You don't, you see... You have this habit of bringing sacrifices as commanded, but you don't have the habit of calling upon me in the time of trouble. See, that verse 14, he said, offer to God what? A sacrifice of thanksgiving. God said, what I'm really looking for is for you to call upon me in the day of trouble, and then I answer you, I rescue you. Then you will now come and do what? Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay the vows you made to the Most High. Because the issue is not about food. It's not about meat. It's not about sacrifices. It's about allow me to flex my muscles on your behalf. That's what God was saying. That's what he was saying. I know the truth. It pains him all the time. When we, his children, behave as if he doesn't like to help or doesn't have the power to do it. Yeah. Like I said, see, please don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Assuming now that I don't like where I live. Maybe it's a bit noisy. Are you getting my point? Or I just don't like the houses around. They, don't, they are not pleasing to my eyes. And I want to move from one part of town to another one. You know, it's not a bad thing. I hope you're getting my point. God says, why do you want to move? And I like to see the sun in the morning when it's rising. I like to see the shadow cast, you know, across my living room. It makes me feel good. You know, it's not really something very spiritual. So God can easily move me from one part of town to another part of town. Not a big deal. All right? Now, why am I saying this? So for, you can move for different reasons, from one country to another. What God will be angry over is that you open your mouth say you're a Christian. I want to leave Nigeria and go to this country. Why? For prosperity and for security. You're a sinner. Yeah. I was saying to you, it was last week. I can ask God for anything. I can decide that God, please, and you know what? I want a holiday house in the United States so that when I travel, I'll be able to stay for like three weeks with my family and all of that. Not a big deal. You know, you know he can do anything. He can't. So I'm not saying, you can ask God for that if you want that. I don't have a problem with it. But never open your mouth and say, I need to leave this country and go to another one because I need prosperity and I need security. God will say, mm. that's how they insult people in your village, Abby. Yeah. Because I wanted my son, victory. 
he had a small habit those days. He just used to gather money for, you know, it's good in, in the house. He sees 15 and he comes and says, whose own is it? The one that says his mind, say, can I keep it? And you're like, what do you want to keep it for? So he, he, he was piling money. People give you, you just pile it. So one day I called him, his mother and I called him, say, come, this money you are piling, what are you going to use it for? He thought and thought and thought and realized that he didn't have need for it. So he said, okay, maybe I could help with my school fees. <laughs> and his mother and I couldn't help laughing. We burst into laughter. The guy had got that money, plenty. And realized they didn't need it for anything. So finally, I now advised him. I said, such money, no, what do it? He said, what? Put an envelope. He went and, I think, first year, I think he gave it to one charity in Enugu. Next day, he went and gave it to one charity in Benin. And I said, good. So the money, he piles. Go, okay, they are donating money. He to bring his envelope. I came to donate money. Why? It will have been an insult for him to say, Daddy, please, I want to go to school. I have some money. Maybe you can balance it. You know, when I give him a knock on the head, he will become my height. He will become shorter. Yeah, that's what I've been. It became a joke, and they were just laughing. So we carried the money. I went and gave it out. And of course, it's okay. Giving is part of work for money. You understand? You do money, use money for that. Take. What I'm trying to say, sometimes we are joking with God. We're almost mocking. We don't realize it. Because if it's money you're looking for, if it's comfort, if it's prosperity, just get on your knees and ask. I dare somebody to ask God to solve problems for him or her. Me, I have personal test. I just want to start telling stories. I just look and say, ah, this is going to be expensive, oh Lord. I'll have God do this thing now. I told the one brother that said one day, said just prayed. I said, ah, dress me up for this Christmas now. That's what he told God. Dress me up. And God just told him. Some of you may know the story if you are close enough. I said, go and meet some person. Tell him you want to buy his car. And he went, I want to buy your car. And he got a car at 65% off the market price. Exactly 65%. There about, yeah. 65%. He said, he told God, dress me up for this Christmas now. Like, I have a bad God. You get money now? Ah, what is it? And God answered him. I'm, give you, I'm not going to mess it for you. We're just running off everything, all right? The one for today will clearly share it now. But please, take a moment again. Bow your heads. One minute. I've asked God to do something for you. The Bible says that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebekah's sake. And then she conceived and had Jacob and Esau. He entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebekah's sake. And Jabez said, oh, that you will bless me indeed. That's what Jabez just asked God. Ah, Bless me now. You know, that's all. He said, now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you will keep me from harm, that it it may not pain me. The Bible says, that's 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, and God granted him what he requested. At the point I when God was angry with David, he told David, see, I gave you your, your master's household and all of that. I made you king over Israel. He said, if he had not been enough, all you needed to do was ask. I would have given you more. See, just keep your heart seeking God and anything, 
Anything that wants to worry you, just say, Lord, see this matter back. I give it to you. Not only does it give basic necessities, it gives luxuries also. He said, I have sustained him with grain and with new wine. Say, Lord, give me grain. Give me new wine. In Jesus' name. The Lord is good. Do you want me to emphasize that again? The sign of faith is that we're always praying to God. Amen? Yes. A sign of faith is that we are constantly praying. So, those are the things I've been looking at for some time. Let's see. You remember we said there are a number of things we looked at. Number one, prayer. In prayer, you are talking to God, right? Then we said there are prayer-like activities. There are spiritual activities that we get involved in that are important for our lives, but strictly speaking, cannot be defined as prayer. But we call them two things, aids to prayer and what? Prayer-like activities. So things like meditation, you know, prophesying. Um, we talk about blessing your children, blessing anything that's under your authority, your household, your business, your life, your health, I mean your body. You also have to bless. You know, pronouncing those positive you know, things derived from God's will over your life is something you must do. So blessing is part of it, prophesying, meditation, what are Aid to prayer, agreement, we talked about that. And then which other thing do we mention now? And prayer, anyway, prayer-like activities. So, last one we are going to look at now is um, from the book of Malachi, prayer-like activity. Malachi chapter 3. Now, I began today trying to emphasize to us that prayer must be constant. That's why I went into all of that. And one of the ways we'll be, we'll, we'll pray constantly is to watch the things that we say, even when we do not realize we are praying. So, he said from verse 13, Malachi chapter 3 from verse 13, say, your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? God said, you have said, it is vain to serve God. What's the use of serving God? Using, using the New Living Translation. What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of hosts that we are sorry for our sins? By departing from our iniquity and living righteously when the whole world is living wickedly or unrighteously. He said, what, is, what, what are we observing he said, so now we call the arrogant blessed. That they will see those who don't serve God, who are arrogant and wicked in their ways. They are the ones that are blessed. They have all the material things of life. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, they also test God and escape. He said, for those who do evil get rich. And those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. That's New Living Translation. He said in verse 16, he said, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. The Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who esteemed his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I prepare my own possession. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. At that time, he says in verse 18, You will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. 
between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Now, why are we reading this? The emphasis is on the conversations we have amongst ourselves, with our friends, colleagues, when we don't even think that we are praying. Of course, you know, that is when the truth that's in our heart actually comes out. When we're in church, when pastor says, we are blessed, say after me, we are blessed, you will declare we are blessed. Say to your neighbor, it's a good week. You will say to your neighbor, it's a good week. Say after me, say in the name of Jesus, everybody will say it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you will say it. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. The favor of God is with me. We declare those things. It's church. God says, no problem. Let's confirm these things you have said. Sit with your wife at night and talk. Let me hear. Now, listen. Every such conversation we are seeing here, the Bible says to us clearly, God hears them. Prayers when you are talking to God. All right? But why are we calling this a prayer-like activity? Even though you are not talking to him directly. You know what? He's hearing. It's, in, it's interesting. Like somebody asked on Friday, what's the difference between that and prayers? If somebody, another person answered, God answers both of them. That is the result in your life. What's the difference? God answers what? Both of them. That is why this is very close to prayer. It's a prayer-like activity. It's just that the definition, the strict definition of prayer does not allow us to call this prayer. But it's actually very close because God hears and he responds according to what you said, and you are not talking to him. What did he say to those who he told to enter into the promised land, and they, they said we are not able to enter? What did he say? As I heard you say in my hearing, so I will do to you. Yeah, you were not talking to me, I know. You were only talking to each other. You were grumbling amongst yourselves. And you said our children are going to be a praise, praise. We are, we are going to die. We will perish in this wilderness. He said, oh, just be saying, just be saying it. The only one that will not come to pass is the one you said about your children, because they are not the ones saying it. <laughs> say, those very children are the ones that will take into the promised land. But the rest of you, ah, go, go and read that story. Very terrible. They wandered around for 40 years until God had killed everybody. Their deaths were not by chance. They were wandering around. God was taking them out one by one, and they were burying them where? In the wilderness. When God had buried everybody that was 20 years old and above when they made those statements, he now turned to Moses, time to turn northward. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now, let's move, turn northward and go and enter into the promised land. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, what was the problem? What they said, not to him, but in his hearing. When we're talking about praying, that's why I started by emphasizing again to us today that prayer must be constant. Even when you don't think you are praying, please be talking as if you are praying. Say things like, God will help us. Yet it's really difficult, naturally speaking. But I'm trusting God, He will do something. All these problems in this country, they will not overwhelm us. Why? Our God is able. It's not that the police is good, though, or the soldiers are powerful, or they have new equipment. That's not the issue. With all this crisis, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. People have said that NLC will do, the, you know, NLC threats. You know what I said? Nothing will happen. I always say to people say, hey, what is going to happen? I say, nothing will happen. Say, we're going to lock down the whole of South East for two weeks. I said, nothing will happen. See, this election, of course, people threatened fire and brimstone before the election. They said, this will happen, this will happen. I said, nothing will happen. Why? I'm not saying human beings are not wicked. 
In fact, when I see some of the problems that are going on in Sudan, where's the newest one now? Niger. All those ones. I start suspecting that I see all the evil spirits that were coming to Nigeria that were deflecting. Yeah. The evil spirits tried to say, when he hears us say, nothing will happen. God said, didn't you hear what he said? He said, nothing will happen. So the spirit said, but we don't move now. Eh, go now. It looks like <laughs> some people are there. Do, do you know, somebody said this. This really happened. You know, when apartheid came to an end, all right? It was said that, look, it will be marked by a lot of violence. So a lot of people were preparing for it. White people were arming themselves, all kinds of things. That This apartheid there will retaliate for all the years. And then there were some riots. Nelson Mandela actually went on air to tell people to stop. And they stopped. But you know what really happened? Those are things that play out physically. I heard some prophetic stories. That those um, spirits were charging towards South Africa. And brethren there began to pray. Intercessors from different places were praying. And when they prayed and prayed, you know what happened? The spirit was diverted. You know where it landed? Rwanda. That spirit entered into Rwanda. At the end, 800,000 people were dead in 100 days. The spirit of hatred just, come, 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 come. Seven spirits more wicked than themselves. Just went in there. 800,000 people died in a few weeks. In a few, yeah, yes, 800 days. Three months. 800,000 human beings. I was in Lagos those days. I saw that it was, I, I, I was to watch CNN. You see a river, river, that you, you won't know it's a river. The only thing that will make you suspect this is a river is that, you know, edge to edge corpses, human corpses, is that the corpses are going, bouncing up and down. That's when you realize that they are on water. That's why I said last time, I told you, I sent a message, of course, I'm preaching here to the Rwandan president. Please don't attack fake churches, don't worry. Because if you do, you will attack real churches. That's the judge of angels. Leave it. Don't tell me that, Pastor Bank, you can't come to my country to preach because you don't have a PhD in theology. The only certificate I have to give a Paul Kagame hmm? that I can present, apart from my NYC certificate. Okay, I have NYC certificate. I have a, I have a birth certificate. I'm looking for that. So the only professional ones I can give you are medical. Uh, my my Basimak card, I not get to get. I, I retrieve it from my wedding. After that, I'm not sure I hold it. Yeah, you know, I, but that was infant baptism. So can you imagine that Paul Kagame says I can't preach? I'm sure you are thinking that is he okay? Yeah, Paul and Nenche, all of those people. They, 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 we, we went through this thing through another pathway. God trained us different ways. So please let me tell bro Paul, leave it. What am I saying? Saying leave it. You cannot rule forever. I mean, he's getting old too. He's been in power for 20-something years now. He can't rule the country forever. Whether he likes it or not, one day he is going to die. And he may even leave power before he dies. Or to maintain peace. There's a reason why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Please, let's bear that in mind. I just went into that briefly. When we are talking to each other, please, let me just remind us again. We are praying. That's why I said last Saturday, I'm preaching from, for those who may not understand, I'm preaching from Eastern Nigeria. 
the capital city of eastern Nigeria, actually. Is there any city that can lay claim to that? Apart from Enugu? None. And I think we're even the highest in elevation. Yeah, that is topography. We're the highest, yes. So it is prophetic. So that's where we're preaching from. So please, I always tell people down here, don't get involved. Don't let anybody use any tribal sentiment to get you involved with approving your discussions, things that are not pleasing to God. Let your meditation, he said, let the words of your mouth and what? The meditations of your heart be acceptable in his sight. It's important. How you feel is irrelevant. It is important that every conversation you have concerning the affairs of the region, of the nation, and your life, they are pleasing to him because he's listening. Come on, same thing. I mean, we have learned enough scriptures to know what to say about everything. We have. You know, there are words you've never heard from my mouth. See, this is honest. I don't know how God did it, but you know, I have never, ever in my adult life that I can remember felt inferior to anybody. Seriously. How God did it, I don't know. But one thing I know is that you will never hear me talk and I speak as if I'm disadvantaged. Never. I don't know how to do it. You say, you know, we masses, this ruling class, they want to kill us. If I say that, no, God will actually punish me. No, God is bang. That one you said, then I will kill you myself. I hope you know God kills people. People don't know God, though. People don't know. They play with him. They think he's... Jo- you know, he told them, the, the prophet, Jeremiah, he won Jeremiah, he won Ezekiel. See, if I send you anywhere, go. He said, if you are afraid of them, then I will disgrace you before them. So don't, don't just joke with me. There are things I can't say. I say, eh. And he said, let the poor breathe. I said, let them breathe, though. Be- you, yeah, seriously. But it is a damn thing. I have never, including when I was ending the story, you hear my story all the time, ending don't a amount of money monthly that couldn't buy anything. I never for one moment felt poor or talked like the poor people. He said, we masses. And you are the mass now. Oh, me? Masses? 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 I have never felt I was one of the masses. See, even if I'm in prison, I start thinking like Joseph. So everybody enter prison. So I enter like this. Say, Joseph, hey, water. My name is Joseph. Son of Jacob. Anything. How can I help you? I will never feel like, you know, this judge is just oppressing us because we don't have power. I have never in my life felt like that. Never. Not for one moment. I've never felt oppressed. Never. And I don't think I've, people experience worse than I've experienced. I, you know, like all of us, they experience, they experience in our life. You know, just the experience they go. So as people sit down, they'll be looking for how to explain why life is unfair to them. Hey, shortly after I went to Lagos, a friend of mine came to pick me one day. He was working in a bank. I just finished NYC. Now, usually for people who are not students, the next set of poorest people are people who have just finished NYC because nobody's giving them Malawi again. They're not there working. For most people, your father is like, ah, okay, you are not a working class citizen. NYC said, you have done, you have passed out. Go. So you now look at your life, left, right, and say there is nothing remaining again. So you start looking for work. Really, the brokest period of a young man's life. That was the time my friend came to pick me from my cousin's house. 
and we're going somewhere. He was working in a bank. We are age mates, classmates, mate, mate, mate. But because he studied, you know, banking, he finished school in four years, finished NYC, and started working. I studied medicine. I finished school in six years, went to a year of house job, then did an NYC. So I was kind of three years behind into the... So he came driving a car. And picked me in his car. Ugly car, but a car. Are you getting my point? Yeah, the car was ugly. On Mitsubishi Gallant. <laughs> Old one like this. But Ali was his own. And we could move around with it. Two guys. Picked me up, started talking about how useless this country is. As soon as he picked me up, he didn't know I was not used to such talk. This country is very useless. These are our fathers. They have spoiled this country for we young people. Look at it, look at it. So remember, we took the bridge, Anthony Bridge, like this. Eh? Just look at this. Nothing left in this country. They've killed the whole country. And I was like, excuse me, you're driving a car. You walk, you own your own, you stay in your own apartment. Me that you came to pick, I just came. I'm patching with a relative. Do you get my point? I got nothing about from my shoes, you know? And, <laughs> and I remember, it was dark, it was night, so... The inside of the car was dark, all right? We're driving on, climbing the bridge, going to the third mainland there about. And I just stuck my head out on this side. I turned away from him while he was whining. I looked out. We didn't have AC. The bridge was burning in my face. So he couldn't hear me. I said, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The future is bright. You have been good. I give you praise. I was so full of thanksgiving. I turned my head away while he was there ranting and raving. But how useless the country is. And I was wondering, what is wrong with the country? Beautiful country. Honestly, I saw the country as a lovely place to be. Where the future is so bright. Where God is going to shine his favor upon us. You know, I felt like we citizens of heaven. We have come to bless this land. Now, whatever the problem this country has, we are going to... No, that was my attitude. Completely broke, but that was my attitude. I hope you're getting my point. One thing I'm going to leave with you this evening, don't ever talk like a victim, otherwise God will make sure you're a victim. Stop looking for excuses all the time to show why your life is bad and everybody's life is good. So always fight. <laughs> always looking for a story to tell. Things don't work out. <laughs> It is because, you know, the country doesn't like people like me. Hey, can you come with young people? Hey, they'll be talking, talking. Listen, in case you don't know, most people in, in America, not Nigeria, in America, it's in America, all right? The statistic we had before is that out of every 10 businesses started, nine will fail within five years. Not in Nigeria. Which country? America. This is America that people want to die to go to. Out of the surviving one. If you gather 10 of them, in the next five years, another nine will fail. So, out of 100 businesses, only one make it into 10 years. Successful. In America. You think it's not just Nigeria? See, so you know what's killing, killing, ki- killing businesses in this country? No fuel. No power. You use all the diesel for your profit to buy diesel. Ah, useless country. Nothing works. See, all those people that went like that, just wait. Let them go anywhere. They, they will never have a successful business anywhere in the world. Mark my words. If you see a friend say he's going, I say, go to America, go and do business. Let me see. 
When you get it, you know, you start. That's the problem with this America. A black man fresh from Africa can't do anything. They will not believe in you that nothing works. I was analyzing with my wife a few days ago. No, I think yesterday night. Talking about it. I said, this man has been running away from one city to another city to another city. If I ran to a city in North America, his country, they complain he's moving to another one. I said, when are you going to stop running? Some of you, when you are 40, you jack by and your head. You have a problem. See, let me just tell you, this is not supposed to be because it's a one. Let me just, so you borrow sense. You will be at the bottom everywhere you go. You are too old to start like that. They won't give you better work. Bros, once you are 40, relax. Your time, Nico. Once you are 40, what did I say? Relax. He said, hey, hey, guys, anyone we're not fit do now, I'm not fit do. It's not after 40 years you'll be giving me a stupid boy's job. Yeah, seriously now. It is, it is good for a young man to bear his body before he's 40. I'm not going to be. So, yeah, I'm telling you the truth. You want to come and be washing somebody's car after 40? For what? Let's wash this thing when we are 20, 22, 24. After 25, if you want to wash car, we just start a car wash. There's no problem. Yeah. You may disagree with me. Is how I, then in 15 years, come and tell me whether I was right or I'm wrong. Um, let me tell you how to handle your life. Eh? Settle down and pray. What did I say? Settle down and pray. And for goodness sake, give God time. One man did a video the other day, I saw it. I tell you, I, I entertain myself you know, with all, all these things. All right? He talked about the myth of the young, successful entrepreneur. He says it's a myth. This is America. They are, they are the rarity. That out of one million, no, I didn't say one million, but I just say out of one million entrepreneurs, you will not get two Mark Zuckerbergs. Is that explaining? He said, tech, tech, tech. He said, most successful, those ones that, in fact, that's what they call the Forbes cover, the curse of the Forbes cover. That once as a young person, you appear on the Forbes of, the cover of Forbes magazine, generally you go to jail. Nobody say Forbes magazine will send you to jail. But generally, when you blow like that, they've noticed that your blowing is faulty. Over the next few years, they trace it. Most of them are in prison. Not because they appear on the cover, but because that blow, are you following my point? That explosion that you saw, oh, this guy just made it. He said, go and check it, it's fake. This girl that they turned herself into the female. Uh, eh? No, 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 no. Business, turtleneck, Steve Jobs. What's her name again? Eh? Elizabeth what? Yes, Elizabeth, um, okay. Name just escaped me. The one of uh, Tyrannos. Tyrannos made a billion. She was, I think, late 20s or early 30s. Right now she's cooling her heels in prison and the company is worth zero. Yeah, she's in jail. She's in jail. She's in jail. Her... Her boyfriend or husband or baby daddy is in prison. Everybody's in jail. Everybody that gave her money, their, their, their money is gone. So this man said, listen, that he noticed that most successful entrepreneurs are in their 40s or 50s. 
And that even the ones that went into business, maybe when they are in their 20s, they did not make their mark until they were in their 40s, 50s. He said, when did Steve Jobs really make iPhone? Go and check his age. Steve Jobs, when did... The guy analyzed, he said, stop worrying your head. He said, oh, this one, I want to go and start my own business. He said, go and get a job. He said, go and get a job. Make your mistakes on somebody else's, you know, Somebody's paying you, are making mistakes, they are teaching you, they are training you. He said, Don't be in a hurry, you don't have to make it to be a billionaire before you turn 40. That most guys who did are in prison. Says a myth. Remember our Nigerian guy, 30 under 30. Put him on the cover of Forbes. No, please Google this, what they call the Forbes cover curse. Once you hit the cover of Forbes, your life is over. You are going to jail. Our Nigerian guy, what's the name of his company again? Something about Invict, Invict, Invictus, yes. Guy was talking, you know, giving, going around giving lectures on how, you know, t- giving TED Talk. <laughs> God just didn't look at him and say, yeah, yeah. I saw, where's Precious? I saw something that Precious posted the other day. I laughed. Yesterday, I had a very good laugh. And the point is that the guy was trying to tell those who start um, some programming business that somebody will go and tell you that, Learn this coding method. In three months, you'll be any money in dollars. <laughs> the, the guy said, wait. He said, doctor will spend six years in school. And then they say, mm, we are hoping that God will bless us. He said, architect will spend, he counted the years architect will spend for training. He said, when he comes out, he said that, mm, it go better. God will help us one day. He said, you want to do three months of training and be earning in dollars. He said, you save check Does it make any sense? <laughs> he said, you save check What are you learning that somebody has not learned before? So now be deceiving you that, look, three months of coding lessons. You'll be getting, uh, you know, remote jobs in thousands of dollars while you're sitting in your house, you know, eating the upper with tea, and then they are paying you thousands of dollars from all over the world. The guy said, cool your head. It will not happen. It's not going to happen. That other guy said, he said, listen, no, that few people make it big before they are in their late forties. He said, so relax your head. Let nobody deceive you. Don't go and put a picture of Max Gerbeck on your wall. <laughs> that it doesn't work like that. They are the, they are the exceptions to the rule. I hope you're getting my point. Why am I saying that? Many times people pray and they won't let God work. Like I say sometimes with health. Because if it's a doctor that told you, take this medicine daily for 18 months, you know you will take it too. They tell you, read your Bible daily now for one year. You're like, you, you, are, you are jumping from one crusade to another. Listen, let me just give you advice. Once you've been to the third crusade, you never see miracle. Leave her. What did I say? After the third crusade, what do you do? Leave her. You know why? God answered in the first one. I'm not saying God won't do your miracle. I'm just saying, it's not jumping up and down. Go home, carry your Bible, read, Pray. You know that song? Read your Bible, pray every day. Yeah, obey that song. Just read your Bible and pray every day. Say, God, I know they run up and down. I pray that we'll have this, oh God, kind of fatalistic attitude towards life. Say, God, if you won't bless me, leave it. And I mean that seriously. Just say, God, well, if you want to bless me, bless me. If you don't want to bless me, I will follow you till I die. So just there's no... There's no need. To, look, bless me, eh? but whether you bless me or not, you are the one I will follow till like that. This running up and down, not my portion. In my life, I made up. My, I begged God long ago. Please, I don't want to be. 
See, when you see people running up and down, you don't see me follow. Eh? It's not just because of Kingdom World. Some, some of you think I'm trapped by Kingdom World Ministries. I'm, Kingdom World did not trap me. Kingdom World is it. How do I say it now? I trapped myself long ago with the fact that I am not running up and down. When I was a house officer, that is after leaving school, during my internship, one day my guys actually called me. Say, Banky, what's the problem? I said, what do you mean what's the problem? They said that the way we hustle for things, you know, hustle for extra cases, to make extra money, hustle to learn skills. You know, maybe you want to really learn some medical skills so that you can, you know, make money. You, know, you see guys going to lend, you know, so that they can really, you know, heneurophies, you know, appendicectomies, CS and all of that. They just want that one, all of the, they fight to assist the surgeons. Once we get there, who's going to say, hey, me, 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 me? But I, there was a particular day I wanted to assist. I had gone, my guy just, while I wasn't looking, quickly gunned off and wore gloves. He thought I would quarrel with him. I said, you are the one that wants to die chasing money so you can learn, get money from here. I mean, I'm not planning to. I still remember. They come and say, Banky, what is the problem? I said, what do you mean the problem? That you don't, you know, you're not, you're not pushing like the rest of us. Yes, now, what, uh, God is not helping you, he's helping me. What are you talking about? Where are you pushing to? Do we look like we are going in the same direction? The only mistake I made that time, I said, let me go and do small business. When God slapped me like this, I stopped. <laughs> I didn't need to be told twice. Don't leave this thing. That's, leave this thing. Just leave it. One of my friends gave me ideas. You can go to nature and buy these things and go there. He was going to nature. I jumped. His brother was driving. Carried him. I jumped inside motor. Carried money. I reached nature. Went to his house, stayed overnight. Next morning, went to the market, bought things. As I crossed road, now those agbero just bobbed me. Pushed me to one corner. What's in your bag? How does it concern you? Ah, wouldn't they worry this one? I'm telling you, you know, nature. After we don't fight tire. You know, and strange, I wasn't used to the city. Let's make a long story short. When they finally let me go, when they found out there was nothing in my bag, by the time they opened the bag, what did they find? Stethoscope, forceps, <laughs> some medical nonsense. Not even five cups, they didn't see. Because the little money I had, I put it in the pack of the stethoscope. So when they say, what is that? I turned it upside down, opened it from the back. So the stethoscope was lying on the little change I had to use to transport myself. So, you know, after I went like, get away from here, my friend. Like, <laughs> I crossed the road, entered moto, I never came back again. <laughs> Next time they saw me in the chair, I was on my way to Enugu. No, God taught me, early, Banky, don't run up and down. He said, in returning and in rest, you will be saved. So don't think kingdom what means to trap me in Enugu. No, I'm not trappable. If I say God, you don't do. You know the way I do. I'll give you one year's notice. And at the end of the year, I'm going. So it's not, it's not a trap. Just the assignment I believe God has given me to do. And, of course, we are doing it. We continue to do it. I learned very early. There is no... See, and the truth is that run up and down. Satisfaction is the key. It is not what you have. You can have big house, big money, be everything. At the end of the day, you can't sleep. 
you're unhappy. I know a man ahead of him. He was in America for a long time. He's a, I saw, in, in, in a doctor, anyway, present in America. Finally, you know what he did? When, after a while, he came back to Ikiti, bought land, and returned to be farmed. That's the work he does now. He's a farmer in Ikiti. You think life is about a keep? See, don't push yourself into a corner in which you are trapped in a place you are happy with and you can't get out. Cousin of mine, we spoke the other day. Ah, long time. Of course, your senior cousin called them auntie. This is Nigeria. Auntie, now has everything. He said, ah, everything. He said, hey, that oh, I did the work in Nigeria. He said, we really want to come back home. But you see, he said, I really don't like this place. I'm tired. He said, I'm at my age now. I'm still working. He said, auntie, people can complain because <laughs> you talk, 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 talk. That you see, if you don't go to work, if you come back, they will recover your car. They will recover your house. If nobody's happy, he said, just if you guys, guys can just improve security. I said, who improve security for you? You're not serious. <laughs> Serious. If you ask me how my manager says I should be security, so you can come back. Come on, stay where you are. <laughs> I just was going on and I said, hey, this is what I'm talking about. This is one of America's biggest, most prosperous states and cities. And I'm here, he's complaining. I mean, that's calling you from Nigeria. I've not complained though. They sit at home. I sit at home. <laughs> The Lord is good. Okay, let me see to that message. What am I going to say? Those that spoke, who fear the Lord, spoke to one another. Please learn to talk regularly to each other. And please, one reason why that is important is that encourage one another. It's important. Use the word of God to encourage yourself. Please, you know the Bible says these things were recorded for what? Our learning. That is, when you see giants, God says, I'm watching what you're going to say. Okay, you know one giant that grew in Nigeria recently? That giant? What's the name of the giant? Fuel, thank you. Fuel subsidy remover. The president spoke about it yesterday. He begged everybody, say, I beg. You guys calm down. And you know what? I, I, I was impressed he did that. Okay? I was really impressed. All right? That that's what, in fact, I've been waiting for that for a while. I wanted to tell you, please, this is not how they handle this thing. You have to come and address. In fact, I spent yesterday, I spent some time looking for his Twitter handle. I wanted to follow. So that, you know, as a, if you're a leader, you should understand that. You need to do that. So I was really impressed that he said, I just stumbled into the president addressing the nation at 7 p.m. I said, no, I didn't bother to tune in, but I, immediately after that, I just checked. I knew the, the speech would be out. Okay? And he was talking about, look, why we have to do this? We can't continue like this. This is what, please, give me time. We need this. We need that. We, you understand? I personally was impressed. I said, this is how you handle the citizens. Talk to them. Don't just stay on one side of the rock and then, are you getting my point? And then do like, no, no, talk. They, they actually they need to hear it from you. That, Ozugo, Ndo, Ogadima, there will be no problem. Just watch it. All right? I was happy he did that. Personally, I was very, very impressed with that. All right? Where I'm going is that, when the thing started, let the poor breathe, oh. The poor cannot breathe. Tyrannical leadership, you know. For information, most people talk. They just talk. They are the ones Solomon's, Solomon calls fools. 
Then look at the price of fuel. I felt felt like, excuse me, come. Did you hear that they removed subsidy? What do you think will happen? To go from 185 to 187? Did you know they removed subsidy? You should have known where it was going. Hey, shout, 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 we are dead. I said, hmm, where am I going? That's a giant that just grew. I know God is going around saying, what are you saying? We are going to just die in this country. The money the poor has cannot even reach anything again. I said, hey, mark this one down. He's one of the poor. He will never be able to achieve anything again. Mark him down. Next. No, th- see, I'm telling you, that's how the angels are going around. Some will say, like me, and those who have listened to me, and who God has inspired also in their own ways, once, he, once that thing started, I said, listen, nothing will happen, we will survive. First statement. You know, I always sit down. Yeah, Guinea again, man. Nothing will happen. Not what's going to happen. Nothing. We will survive. That was, my, that was the statement I kept on making. Don't worry. Not only will we survive, we will thrive. Things are going to get better. You know, when GSM started at that time, people abused government tired. I begged them, calm down. How can we be paying 50 naira? Nowhere in the world. I said, relax. It is just starting. No. Why are you always defending them? Who is them? Look at these people. You didn't have phone before. <laughs> these people talking, they didn't have phones before. Now all of them have bought phones and they are complaining about how, how costly it is to talk. At least now you can talk. And for goodness sake, why are you talking? Send a text message. It was 15 naira a message. There's no, no way the country in the world. The government has the responsibility to. I called my guy and said, wait, relax. If you are the one that paid 285, is it 275 or 285? You are the one that paid 285 million dollars for a license. Exclusive for only 15 years amongst four of you. You'll be doing in other countries. I said, leave that in. You know what? Everything I said came to pass. Few years down the line, acquiring a new line was one naira. Glow, you give Glow 2,000 naira, they give you 1,999 naira in credit. The day they told us, he was giving a speech that you see, he thinks that SIM card price has come down now. Maybe it's like uh, 500 naira. They said, no, it's one naira. He said, eh? They said, one naira. He said, what did you say? They said, one naira. He said, what? <laughs> As a sitting president, he was not aware. He said, oh God, we buy card now for one naira. That car sold at the time for 20,000 naira. Oh, 50. Then it came down to one naira. The cost of dollar price has almost tripled in the last few years. Nobody has changed how much you pay for calls. You know what it means? Right now, our calls and data has turned to be one of the cheapest in the world. And nobody tells you about that. So listen, when they say fair price went up, you know what I tell them? So, what will happen? Nothing will happen. Say it, I will still prosper. That's it. Let me just tell you something. You will not become poorer. Amen. That's the barest minimum God will do for you. You will not become poorer. Amen. You will not become poorer. Amen. See, this is how you talk. Don't, you know, please, let me just say this. It's in the heart of my body. I, I see people every day that it's as if the only thing they get a kick out of is showing you what is wrong. You almost never see me forward or display anything that's wrong. You know why? Blessed is it how beautiful on the mountains 
at the feet of those that bear what? Bring what? Good tidings. I will look for the good thing happening. That's the one I report on. Why? Because if I boost your faith, it will be to you according to that faith. If I keep on telling stories of people who are kidnapped and they suffer and who have died, who have died you, you start sinking. When I tell you stories of deliverance, people who travel up and down. One day I told somebody in my office that I was, I was going to, um, maybe, ah, I won't be around, I'm going to Abba. Look like, sir, you're going to Abba. See, it's like you travel a lot too. So look at the young woman. You mean eh, I travel it? I don't travel a lot. Now. I just go to Abba. From Abba, maybe I go to Nigeria. Maybe I reach Abba. I don't go far. Now. Maybe Port Harcourt. I just, hey, so God, that's what I'm saying. These roads are dangerous. So I look at her. I say, okay, so what do you want me to do? Sit at home? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and listen, as a child of God, you will die faster like that. Yeah, you die quicker. That goes, you know, and I, I saw one yesterday, I've not read it. And the helicopter crashed inside the house in Lagos. Those who say they are not go, going anywhere, they are the ones that go with the helicopter. He's coming to your house. Let me remind you, death is an appointment. When is your time? If you like, stay inside your basement. Snake will come. The snake that has been there for a long time, because nobody used to come to that basement, he has three children. You come <laughs> You go and step on the tail. Turn around. Chomp! You know why he died? Because it's the time. It's okay. I won't, okay, Pastor Mark, I found out too. I won't go to the basement. I will go to the top on the roof and stay there. As you look to look what is going on now, your phone will fall. As you want to catch the phone, boom, you follow the phone, hit your head on the ground. What happened? You don't die with that. You say, okay, okay, okay. Let me travel and go and hide somewhere. Ah, kidnappers were waiting for you. Why? It's the day of appointment. Now, let's not focus on the day of appointment. Let's say when it's not yet your appointment. Jesus was going to Bethany. They say, ah, Oga, this is not good. Though. Say, why? That's why they want to kill you. He said, but our friend Lazarus is asleep. Ah, Peter said, if he's asleep, is that not a good thing? He means he's about to recover. I don't know what's wrong with Peter. I didn't want to go because people who fall asleep, they probably enter coma. <laughs> and they may not wake up again. <laughs> No, Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry about it. A prophet will not perish outside Jerusalem. No matter how much you want to kill me in Bethany, they won't succeed. Why? This prophet has been ordained to die in Jerusalem. I hope you're getting my point. Now, look, this is how you talk. Because God says, as you are saying in my hearing, so I will do to you. Prayer is not only when you get on your knees. Father, in the name of Jesus. When they tell that prayer price has gone up, tell them sleepily. So? Say, God will see supply. I told you that they said they want to jack up um, power rate. And I tell if I buy, God will get angry. I said, say, quickly go and buy, quickly go and buy. Hey, I say, hey, 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 What I need is power, not money. God will continue to bring the power. Don't worry about it. I'm not even trying to save money. You know the funny thing? Thank God I didn't, nobody rushed. Till now, they don't do anything. One whole month has passed. No? God said, no, you can't increase the rate yet. I told myself, at least I passed this test. Yeah, if it was a test, some of you failed it, may the Lord forgive you in Jesus' name. But at least some of us can brag that we passed. They say, ah, they want to increase fuel price. Quickly go and buy. I say, how many will you buy? You get underground tank? No, 
people are thinking about, do you have underground tank? You ain't got, you don't have. And even if you had, do you have the money? And if you had the money, is that a good use of money? To go and pick, take 30,000 liters and bury it underground. So you want to be using uh, only p- petrol for the rest of your life. Say, okay, at least I, I'm saving money on petrol. <laughs> well, today was 185. Next day it went up to five something. I just drove past like nothing happened. No, seriously. I didn't feel anything. People were running to finish station. You know, you know the human beings are very funny. Did you notice something? When recently, when it went up to 600, they ran to filling station. So I said, why are they running? They said, they think it will go up to 700. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Human beings are really funny. You know, when I saw people going to filling station, you know, Q and all of that, I said, what is going on? They said, Fred has gone up to 600. I said, so how is this, what is the aim? Is it like, you need to buy expensive for so your car can last longer? I didn't get the point. They said, no, no, they are afraid it's about to go up to 700. I just continued driving. Next time I went there, it has come down to 590. I said, so what was all the panic about? Please, in Jesus' name, don't panic. Tell your neighbor, don't panic. panic. Tell the other person, don't panic. Now, not just because we don't want to panic, but because God will take care of you. Tell the person, don't panic. God will take care of you. Take another person, tell another person. Please find, find another person. I need to tell at least five people. Don't panic. Tell somebody, don't panic. God will take care of you. He will take care of you. He will take care. He will take care. He will take care. He will take care. Please, you know what the Bible says? In returning and in rest, you'll be saved. Some people say, ah, food is going to go up now. Quickly go and stock, stock off food. I'm like, you, you have a warehouse? And the one they kept in warehouse in Adama, you saw what happened to it. People found out there was food there. <laughs> they drilled through the wall and carried everything. They, no, I see some measures people advocate sometimes. They say, what is up with you? Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. What am I saying? Let me finish my message and then give this admonition and then we'll close. Remember, when you are talking to people, Discuss only what you want God to do in your life. Your words must never be words of unbelief. Things like we are dead must ever come out from your mouth. Things like nobody can make progress yet never, it must never come out from your, from your mouth. Don't, exp- no, don't share and encourage the other person to be afraid. Don't share fears. And that's how I feel. Stop speaking how you feel. Speak what you want God to hear so he can do. If you want to speak how you feel, let me tell you what to do, please, brethren. Go and sit down to the Lord. It doesn't, that one doesn't offend you if you say to him directly. So I want to tell you that I'm afraid. And I should not be afraid. So please cure me of my fear. Sit down to him. Then when you want to talk to somebody else, if you don't have anything to say, just say, God is good. Oh, let me remind you of Satan. Satan is handsome. Satan is beautiful. And usually related. That is like your relative. Many, most of us have Satan as relatives. Sometimes your father. Satan is most often your mother. No, no, please, women, don't be angry. 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 There's a reason. It's because men, oftentimes, they just, they just leave you alone. Do the one way you like. You know, it's women that like, so what, what, what plans have you made? What are you planning to do? 
come out of that ministry. What is your plan? Okay, when are you planning to build the house? Well, your mates are already built. My father never told me my mates were built. Never did one day. He never did. So my mother that called me one day and said, your mates are living in their houses now. I don't think my father ever cared whether I live in my house or I pay rent. I don't think he ever cared one day. So that's what I mean. So women, please don't be angry. Don't say that bank, you have, you have sex. There's no sex in it. It's just like what we have observed. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. So, all right? You, you get what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. I'm not saying, I'm talking about between father and mother. Satan can be a friend, like Peter. You are always watching out for what? Your, your, your own. Uh-huh. So that's how Satan. Now, where I'm going is that there's this group of Satans that they are there. Their job is to make you say that which you displease God so you can. Ice yourself with your own words. There are more in the society than people that have faith. And usually this is how they work. The, the aim is that they, they know you won't want to argue with them. You just say, yes, it's okay, that's true. Now that's the commandment I came to give you today. Don't do it. When they sit down, maybe it's your friend and your mother or your father, whatever, he started all the problems in the society. He know this country is useless. Now, you have, the, the satans that work for such things are usually older than you. So you can't argue with them. If he's a younger person, you will warn him seriously and call him the proper name. Get behind him, Satan. When this Satan is older than you, he's your boss in the office. Just come to work. Good morning, sir. Ah, hey, what is good about the money? Hey, this country, they want to finish everybody. And you know, because you want to be promoted, now what do you say? It's true, sir. It's true, sir. Now, this is the word of the Lord. Don't try it. God says what? You shall be witnesses unto me. Did you get my point? That's where I'm going. You shall be what? Witnesses. God is looking for witnesses. Just say like a joke too. Oh, God, nothing will happen. God will take care of us. If it's a private company, help him. Say, sir, this company will stand in Jesus' name. He can never not say Amen. Bless the company. Bless the office. Don't go and say, yes, sir, they don't want us to succeed. That's the problem now. These evil, tyrannical leaders. According to my friend, he was echoing what fella said, vagabonds in power. You know what fella had crazy thing? I was on full many of VIP. Very important personality. Fella called it vagabonds in power. I have a colleague that does that. He said, don't mind them. Tyrannical vagabonds in power. I'm just waiting for him to try it again. I go, one So, boy, you did America. Just stay for America. No, open your mouth. Talk for here again. You want it? Let me tell you, boo. Let me tell you, boo. Be careful you serve them. They are very wicked. That's what he does. I don't need to watch them. I go, so answer No, no, don't worry. I will so answer But if your boss does that, eh? Then he says, that, he says ah. Yeah, but even if they are government, God in heaven is greater than them. He will take care of us. Don't ever join anybody to whine. Don't join anybody's pity party. It's Satan tempting you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It is satanic temptation. It is Satan tempting you. They will come and sit down, you know, create a pity party. Yes, this is the problem with this country. Somebody can never do well again. They talk, 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 talk. It's Satan. What did I say? Don't join. That's the commandment. What did I say? Please. I'm telling you today, God has sent out angels to record. Don't join. Use joke to overturn their evil. Say, ah, we don't even know where we are going again. Ah, he said, oh, God, 
They may not have good plans, we don't know. But the plan of God will prevail. The plan of God will prevail. He will take care of us. He let the fuel be 1,000 naira. It's not God that supplies. He will supply. I go to church all the time. That's why. In fact, my pastor made the prayer point last week. He said that if, you, if the fuel of price goes up by five, 500%, your salary, your income will go by 1,000. Say, Pastor, sir, we all said amen. And that will be your portion too. Let me tell you what will happen. Next day, when he wants to grumble, he will find somebody else. But there's one testimony, you know, many years ago. Well, my mother that gave that testimony about my life. When I was going for NYC, she said, where were you posted? I went to school to check. I found it was Taraba State. My mother had never heard of Taraba. You know why? Taraba was new. She, you know, it's not about that burden to see what federal government is, what state are they creating. No, think about it. If you are the one in those states too, they created a state out of old Adamawa. Is that what we'll be reading in the morning? So, Gongola, they split to Adamawa and Taraba. Is that what you bring in the money? So I came home. Say, what were you posted? I said, Taraba. My mother said, Taraba. Where is that one? I said, they just created it. Actually, I was among the first set of coppers, NYC members that went there, core members. I was among the first set, were the very first posted that our call up letter bought the name Taraba State. I said, it's Taraba. He said, ah. No, she fell. You know, they felt like she sank into the chair. She sat down. Her spirit went down. She said, so what are we going to do? She just thought it out loud and asked, what are we going to do? I said, we? There's no we in this matter, mommy. I am entering the room. I am packing my bag. And I am going for NYC. There's no we in this thing. I told her straight up. Uh, the only thing I do, I now went and I said, please, how do I get to Wukari? Because I had never heard of Wukari before in my life. So I had to be asking questions. Wukari, they gave me wrong direction. Those people, <laughs> may I not encounter those people again? They gave me wrong direction. They gave me a direction that ended me in Auchi. Then from Auchi, I, I went somewhere that I crossed boat with boats. We crossed, came out. I'm telling you. When I started coming back, I said, that was not necessary. I could have gone through Kogi. I wish it was closer for me. Which kind of human being? Anyway, but God wanted him to have the experience. I sat on the boat the way. <laughs> Somebody. You know how the boat worked? One guy's job is to be scooping the water from the bottom. So, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He had a hole under, not one a hole, several holes. So as you are crossing, <laughs> one guy just scooping the water and throwing it out. <laughs> scooping the water and throwing it out. I mean, you know, I, I, I know how to do like we are in charge, like the boss, so. I bought a newspaper before we got there. <laughs> I always have sunshades. I wore my sunshades. I sat on the boat, open boat. Oh. And I read my paper like nothing happened. I've never been on water before in my life. But you wouldn't have suspected ever. I've just been like, like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> it took me 12 hours from leaving my house to get into camp. I left early in the morning, got to camp by 5 p.m. in the evening. It took 12 hours or 6 p.m. My mother said, write when you get there. There were no phones at that time. I told her I'm not going to write. She spent, the whole, she spent time begging me to write the day before. I left her the next morning. I said, I'm not going to write. She said, I should write. I beg, she begged me. I'll call me Joe. I said, I'm not writing. What's my reason? I said, this woman will not rest until she sees my letter. Now that she knows I'm not going to write, she won't be waiting for a letter. So I left home not planning to write. As soon as I got to camp, I wrote. 
which was good. I told her I wouldn't write. Why? I got home before the letter. Yeah, I got back home before the letter. I was the one that picked the letter from the box. I said, Mama Bank, you see the letter where your son writes? <laughs> now, <laughs> make you write the letter. I'm not joking. Now, why am I telling the story? Of course, she saw me four weeks later, went to come with my primary assignment and took permission to go back home. And the day she saw me, she fell on her knees on the main road. They were going out somewhere. They just locked the gate and looked down the street and saw me walking down. She just fell on her knees right there. Okay? That's not the gist. The gist was years later. One day we're not talking. He said, ha! You have a way of putting somebody's mind at rest. That's the testimony I'm telling you about. What are you talking about? She said she still remembered the day I was to go for NYC. She said she was so worried that when she turned to me, I just said, I bet I should forget about that. I just went, packed in my bag and walked away like nothing was happening. She said years later, she said you have a way of putting somebody's mind at rest. That's a testimony. You know, and, 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 uh, some other person will say, ah, what are you going to do? Mommy, I don't know. You are the ones that know people. <laughs> you are the ones that know people. How can I take me to the rapper's I didn't give my mother the opportunity to try and call anybody. Oh, there was no calling anybody to go and see anybody to see where. How long did it take to redeploy? I had less than, I had just a few days to get to that camp. I said, I'm going. I told her flat. If I told her some other things that I don't want to say now, because you think that I was really crazy. I won't tell you that one. <laughs> I just got him packed my back. Next morning, I was on my way. So I'm going to camp. I see you guys afterwards. And I went to Tarabas. It's my first time ever I'm going to Wukari. From there, I went to all the way to Seti, where Jonathan came like 75 years later. That's where he also served. <laughs> Where's Jonathan? <laughs> yes. All right, but why am I giving the testimony? Please be careful. Don't let anybody entice you to speak against God. There's one word God used. I wanted to note that. We'll go to Numbers chapter 13 or chapter 14. When we are talking, God is listening. When we are conversing with one another, God is listening. All right? It's, it's a word I'm looking for. Gathered together, God said, against me. He said, these people have gathered together against me. Numbers chapter 14, verse 35. Okay, let, let me just start from verse... Um, okay, I will jump here and there from verse 28. Let's start from 28. From verse 28. Say to them, God spoke to Moses and Aaron, all right? As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even all your numbered men according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb and Joshua. Your children, however, whom you said will become a prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. Notice that. Listen, were there giants in the land? But God said they rejected the land. Some people are rejecting Nigeria. Some people are rejecting prosperity. Let me pray for you. God will help you not to reject his blessing. Amen. When they were grumbling about the giants, you know, they were rejecting the blessing. He said, the land which you have rejected, I will take your sons and say, but as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. 
according to the number of days which you spied out the land, 40 days. For each day you shall bear your guilt a year, even 40 years, and you will know my opposition. Verse 35. <laughs> Let me just read that one in the Living Translation. It says, then you will discover what it is like to have me for an enemy. Because they grumbled. He said, you will know what it is like to have me for an enemy. Hmm. See, oh, verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. That's where I'm going. In this wilderness they shall be destroyed. And there they will die. What did he say in New Living Translation? He said, I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who have conspired, who has conspired against me. Who have gathered together against me. Did you hear what he said? How did they gather together against him? They talked to one another that the land is difficult. God said it's conspiracy. That's why the last charge I'm giving you that don't conspire against the Lord, discuss with anybody. Don't join any conspiracy against the Lord. Today, when I was in school, once I prayed, because a particular course was giving me a headache, we used to complain that this course is volatile, it's volatile. The first thing the Lord told me was, listen, stop saying it is volatile. I went to class, sat down. I've told the story countless times. A friend of mine, still remember it very well. He sat beside me, classmate of mine. He said, Kai, this is about chemistry. Man, this thing is volatile. Ah. I said, which kind of satanic arrangement is this one? I just left prayer. I just went to pray, finished praying, entered class. I was a third-year medical student. Came into class, sat down. The first thing you are going to tell me is that it's volatile. The very thing the Lord said, don't say. Conspiracy. I turned to him. I said, it's not volatile. I turned to him. I said, it's not volatile. Third time, I said, no, it's never rich. I said, it's not volatile. But chemistry is not volatile. The guy said, uh-uh. I said, yes. You didn't know I was speaking to Satan, not him. Yes, now. Tempter. Please. Don't join any conspiracy against the Lord. That's my, I'm ending there. What did I say? Please let me preach to somebody beside you. And that person? Don't, don't. God says, if you try it, you will know what it means to have me as an enemy. Can rest on our feet and say, Lord, I will not be your enemy. Oh, begin to declare, say, Lord, I will not be your enemy. You will not be my enemy. Say, Lord, I will not join any conspiracy against you. Please, I want you to use your mouth for the next few minutes. Declare these things. Say, Lord, you will not be my enemy. I will not let you be my enemy. I don't want to know your opposition. So I will not join any conspiracy against you. Say, Lord, I will not join any conspiracy against you. I will not join any conspiracy against you. I will not join any conspiracy against you. I will not... I will not allow you to be my enemy. I don't want to know your opposition. I want to have you on my side. I want to have the blessing of God blowing in my direction. I want these rivers of Zion carrying me into my destiny. I don't want to know the opposition of the Lord. Say, Lord, for that reason, I will not conspire against you. What does it mean to conspire against the Lord? To agree with people. Those people said, what is the use? Honestly, does not pay in this country again. That's what they said. Say, Lord, I won't say it. I won't join anybody to say righteousness is what uh, the righteousness does not pay. Eh? It's those what no, I won't say it. I will not grumble against righteousness. It's very important. Say to the Lord, I will not grumble against righteousness. Whether it pays or not, I stand by righteousness. You need to declare those words to the Lord this evening. 
Say, Lord, whether he pays or he does not pay, I stand by righteousness. Whether he pays or he doesn't pay, I stand by righteousness. Say in the name of Jesus, whether it pays or it does not pay, I stand by righteousness. I stand, I stand by righteousness. I will do righteously in this land. I will do righteously in this land. Whether it pays or doesn't pay, say, Lord, I do righteousness for two reasons. One, you have made me righteous in Christ Jesus. And two, righteousness is pleasing to you. It's not whether it pays or it doesn't pay. Say, I want you to declare that to the Lord. Lord, these are the reasons why I do righteousness. Righteousness is good. Righteousness pleases the Father. Righteousness is my nature. I am a child of God. I walk in righteousness. Whether it pays or not, I will not grumble. Let everybody be passing because they cheated. I will not cheat. Let everybody be getting rich because they bribed and they did what is wrong. I will not do it. I would rather die in poverty than have my name listed amongst those who perverted justice in this nation. Yes, say that to the Lord. You have to say to the Lord, if I perish, let me perish. Mm -hmm. But me... I give my whole members as instruments of righteousness. And I will never conspire against you, Lord. He said, Lord, please don't let any of my words rise up against me the day of judgment. Lord, everything I have spoken in the previous times, Lord, I ask for forgiveness. Yeah, I need to ask for forgiveness. When I have grumbled against the government, I ask for, go- for forgiveness. When I have looked into the future with sadness, I ask for forgiveness. Lord, thank you for what you have taken me through in life. Say, Lord, thank you for what you have taken me through in this life. How you have built me up, how you have helped me. Thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. I give you praise.